This is the Intentional Disruption Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Demo. Today's message is going to be a little bit bifurcated. I'm surprised I didn't have to Google that word, but miracles happen even when you don't have all of your coffee. So what, what's so bifurcated about what I want to talk about today? You see, I started today with wanting to discuss some lessons learned from a book called The Choice Factory by a gentleman named Richard Shotton, uh, S-H-O-T-T-O-N, for those uh, looking to follow up on it. And it's a very interesting book that I've been reading over time and found a lot of value in in different seasons that I've gone through. It breaks down the science and the facts behind how we're innately wired. You see, there's a group of people out there that believe in the perfect man. Ironically enough, it's framed off of the perfect Soviet man, but we're going to leave that one alone for just a minute. And the reason I say that is stuff doesn't change that quickly in life. Like we're still at our core more related to monkeys running around in the bush than we are whatever version of enlightened being that your sociology professor might want you to think that we are. It's just not true. DNA doesn't evolve that fast. If you want proof of that, look at people that live in different areas. For example, the Andes Mountains, those indigenous tribes. They've been in the mountains eating a specific diet for tens of thousands of years. Very fit, very in shape. Move them over to the standard American diet and they balloon. A lot of that because we're using industrial byproducts that we use to fatten cattle and other herds in our main food supply. But genetically, they're not built to take in those kinds of toxic micronutrients, macronutrients. Not that anybody truly is, but you can see it happen very quickly for people that aren't exposed to those kind of situations. We see it in toxicology. We see it in epidemiology when we talk about different viruses, things of that nature. We don't adapt as quickly as we think that we do, but we sure want to claim that we do. And this book really dives into how you're going to be able to identify and target those simple facts. You know, target the more primitive brain to be able to help somebody make a decision. A couple, 20, 30 episodes back, I discussed inflection points in buying behavior. And a lot of that came from this book. If you're trying to make somebody make a shift, just as an example, a lot of human beings artificially put a lot of importance around round numbers. So birthdays like 29 as you're going into 30, 39, 49, 59, 69, etc. We put artificial numbers on that inflection point. 
So if you're trying to get somebody to make a shift, targeting people in that range have a higher proclivity to making that buying decision. So that's four minutes of value from the book. But I wanted to share something else from the book. And this is the one that's more relevant personally in this moment. One of the things that Richard talks about is the inauthenticity and how that impacts marketing, branding, the perception that you're putting into the world of perfection. Now, I've split tests this a few times, and most of the marketing majors in the world would say that what I'm about to say is a little bit crazy. I've helped transact probably $100 million in business with typos in my marketing emails. And you might think that that's pretty crazy. It's actually not. It's ruthlessly effective. And when I split tested against, say, corporate media, I was getting a 3x return. Why? Everybody knows they're being sold on something, but they want it to be done authentically. You'll probably ask somebody from Budweiser right now, or really any major corporation this month, when you put on a facade to try to pander, people can see through it. They understand the game. For example, your corporate logo in Saudi Arabia right now looks the same as it does every other day of the year. It's interesting. And in the same vein, in your messaging to clients, they know that that corporate entity is sending a very polished, not as impactful message because they've had people review it and it's gone through compliance and legal. And everybody thinks that it's a very mid flavor of vanilla. Well, I don't do that. That kind of stuff drives me just a little bit nuts. So I'll send an email with similar talking points, but there'll be a typo. Might be a few. And candidly, the reason for that, if you really need to know a little bit about me, um, I've always had a very high performing brain. Um, I read at a 12th grade level in second grade, and I have a problem where when I'm writing, you know, actual writing on paper, my brain is so far ahead of my hand that I start to insert the first letter of a word that's like two words down into the beginning of the one that I'm still writing out. Like my hand couldn't keep up. Well, back in the day, they didn't really impress typing. See, I'm one of the, I think they call it an elder millennial, and they realized that the typewriter really didn't matter anymore. They got rid of typing, but they hadn't figured out that you still need to type on a computer. But they didn't really push it until mm, my senior year of high school. By then, it's kind of hard because I've been on AOL chats for like five years. So my typing is a bit of a hot mess. And everybody that knows me knows that. So when I'm communicating with somebody, there's probably going to be a typo. I'm 41 years old and I've found four or five different ways to spell the word the. It's a talent. I'm proud of it. But that's something that the people that work with me know about me is sometimes there's these little things because Mike's hands can't keep up with his train of thought. It's usually why I prefer to do a call with somebody or do voice messages with somebody versus typing because I can get the data out there faster in that environment. There's a reason I have a podcast, not a blog, for example. So with these people that 
they're aware. We've had conversations. These aren't cold outreaches I'm doing. But if I've got a positioning point or an opportunity for them to have a little bit of additional revenue generation through a sales idea that I have, there might be a typo in there. And they actually know, hey, that came from Mike. How powerful is it to have that level of authenticity and that imperfection built into some of the things that happen in your marketing sometimes? It lets them know that you're human. Now, you could fake that. If you type 150 words a minute perfectly every single time, maybe adding typos isn't your particular niche, but there's other ways to make you more human. And that's something that they talk about in the Choice Factory is if you're seen as this perfect, better than creature, you become unattainable. And for some things, you know, that halo brand status, that might sound good. But if you're not engaging, it's hard to engage. Now, why does this all come together? See, I would love to tell you that I have all of this crap figured out. And I don't. There's been a lot of things over the last months that have been extremely frustrating in my life. Simple things that should be executed, should be done. And all the additional strain and stress that come with it. I'll give you an example. There's a deal that I'm in the process of closing that's taken a year and it shouldn't have taken more than three, four months. And the reason I say that is when I was brought on to assist with this group, I laid out some very unique, very innovative ways that we could accomplish what they wanted to do with essentially no cash out of pocket, but just leveraging different financial strategies that are available to most people. I was told that it was not desirable to leverage that additional amount of work. So what did that mean? That meant that this group didn't have the funds to go to market in the way that they would want to. It meant that there were struggles involved in that. The group doesn't have a lot of parts and pieces and processes in place because they don't have the capital to leverage to those things. So fast forward a bunch of time and interest rates basically quadrupling. And I found them somebody that will help with the funding that they need without money out of pocket, but it creates a lot of complications. You know, fact of the matter is if you're doing certain funding strategies, you need to come out of pocket some. And that wouldn't have been an issue if we'd gone with the strategy that I'd mentioned a year ago. It wasn't desirable to do that, so they didn't do it. Now, when you're not putting money out of pocket, it makes the process a lot longer. And now they have a little bit of a capital crunch. And interestingly enough, the solution becomes the initiating point in the strategy that I'd mentioned last year. And now they're leveraging it to meet this short-term capital need. Very interesting. It's also very frustrating because if they had done that a year ago, not only would I have got them additional level, been able to help them get additional levels of funding above and beyond where they are now. We would have done it last year for a rate that was probably 40% less. And that's an imperfection on my part. I didn't explain the, the process well enough. I didn't understand the mindset of the people that I was helping well enough. You know, you think you know somebody, but there's deeper things that sometimes you don't get on the first or second scrape. 
And I didn't understand why it was so hard for them to get the things that they were looking for. But now having been behind the curtain, I fully understand why. And that's a frustrating thing because if I'd understood those things, I would have been able to help more and quicker. And I bring that up to you as a point of fallibility, I guess you would say on my side, because I dived into, I think we can find a solution for this instead of understanding the people involved right up front. I don't do that anymore because of this group. I'm ruthlessly committed to getting to the bottom of the psychology of the people that I'm working with to ensure that it's, it's a fit and that I can best serve you. Because at the end of the day, a lot of the people that I work with, their mindset is causal to a lot of the reasons that they're not seeing the success that they need. And that's not a bad thing. It's a standard human situation to be like that. So I help them and I understand that the areas of opportunity that they have in their business were created by their mindset. No different than the group that I'm talking about now. The opportunities for efficiency that I'll bring to the table, they're based on the frame that the current ownership group has. And we're going to be shifting that. And that's where a lot of the alpha is going to come from. A lot of the growth, the profitability is going to come from. We're going to triple their sales within the next six months, mostly because of strategies that we bring to the table to standardize their process. So I'm sharing this with you, not as a pitch for how awesome I am, because I just mentioned a whole lot of things that I probably could have done better. But I want you to understand that being able to share that is going to make you better. Instead of renting a private jet and taking a picture on it and saying, hey, I'm awesome. Hey, dude, this stuff that wasn't, wasn't crazy cool, you know, that all happened to me too. And then here's how I got through it. So I hope that message is invigorating for you. I hope that it inspires the next phase of growth that you might want to go through. Personally, I'm going to be taking some time off at the end of the week just to reset my mindset because of how off this particular deal has been and give myself the ability to see my frame more clearly as well. If you have questions, obviously you can reach out to me, uh, growdelta.com. I'm Mike Demo on pretty much every social channel that you're going to go on to. And if you found value in this, do me a favor, drop a review. Um, stars are great on leave some kind words, some not so kind words. It doesn't really matter to me. Um, I'd love your honest feedback. And if you do want to schedule that time again, growwithdelta.com. There's my calendar link right on the website. We're talking to you again soon.